This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the MagicWordPodcast.com. Thanks for coming back to listen to this second part of the episode with uh, Alex Ramon and the conversation we had when we were in South Lake Tahoe. This is really the crux of our conversation, although last week's was very important as far as the information he was giving us on what he was doing uh, online and perhaps some suggestions on how that you too can make more money streaming your magic over video, uh, live video. But this week he goes into his cold shock, which is very exciting, and um, we'll get into that in just a minute. But another thing that I'm very excited about is a new book that uh, Charlie Randall has released under the H&R Magic Books heading, and that's Nick Tross' Subtle Card Creations, Volume Number 9. Yes, this is the ninth and final book of the series. There have been eight others, obviously, that have preceded this, this being number nine. And we are going to be giving away six copies of this book, compliments, again, of Charlie Randall. He has been so kind to the podcast over the the years in uh, giving us some books to give out. He will again be donating six books or six copies of this book that we are going to uh, give out to the listeners uh, through a random drawing. We'll give you some details on how to enter the contest on the back side of this podcast. But for those of you who may not know who Nick Trost is or much about the set of books that have been published by Charlie, I think it's important that you learn a little bit about that from someone who is a big fan of Nick Trost. So let me make way for my friend Tom Vorchahan to give a testimonial for this book series. Nick Trost was such a just incredible mind for magic and where some card magicians have a certain move or thing that they like to do. Trost is all over the map. Yes, there's some similar themes, of course. You're going to find four aces. It's a four ace production of some sort. But Nick goes at it so many different ways. Uh, The first eight volumes, I think, take us up to page 2004. And I got to give Charlie Randall credit for numbering these. So it's not page 192 and page 16 and eight different books so far. He numbered them sequentially. It's brilliant. So I think this will take us up well past 2200 pages. My book is in the mail, as they say. Cannot wait to see what's new in volume nine. You know, he has certain themes, uh, transferences and coincidences and prediction effects and tricks with ESP cards poker demonstrations, gambling demonstrations. Um, it, it, it is phenomenal. But, you know, if somebody doesn't have Nick Tros books, you don't have to. You know, it's not like it's additive. Although I will say volume one was beautiful uh, when Tros was alive and put out the first one. The whole back half of the book basically teaches you all of the, the lingo and other moves, Brawley edition you know, Mexican turnover, anything like that was covered in a in a addendum. So I should say they're numbered pages, but it's the back half of the book. So but other than that, all the books stand on their own. So even if you don't have one through eight, nine would be great. However, I've got to say, if you get number nine, you're going to want one through eight. So can't wait. Can't wait. Trish, Trish was just brilliant. And uh, Charlie deserves a huge thank you for just continuing the series and from what i've been told i mean i think it was you who said it the the note factory is done there's no more tricks 
from from Nick Trost. So this will be it. And for all of us who are just going, well, where's number 10? My shelf needs number 10. There will be no number 10. Nine is the end. And uh, Charlie said there's some absolute buttes that he saved for this last volume. You don't want to miss an opportunity to enter this contest. So, again, at the end of this podcast, we will give you the details on where you can go and how you can enter. Well, this week we are going to complete our two-part episode with Alex Ramon. When we were in South Lake Tahoe chatting with him, uh, we were talking about several things. Uh, last week, again, talking about uh, what he was doing during lockdown and uh, the pandemic. And during that time, he was able to not just make turns lemon into lemonade, but into making it uh, VSOP brandy. I mean, he did extremely well with that. Well, uh, right now, he is actually out on a silver tour, which is celebrating his 25 years in magic. And so he's out doing 25 and 25. So he's doing 25 cities and 25 dates. And he was just in Houston last night. In fact, he's a guest in my home here right now as we speak, uh, because he's getting ready to head out. He just finished in Houston. He's heading to Hondo, Texas than today. And then he's got other destinations beyond that. But it's interesting because the type of show that he's doing in these venues uh, around the country right now uh, during these 25 dates are just kind of, uh, boy, can I say intimate? I mean, last evening it was for the Rotary Club uh, because he is what's called a Paul Harris Fellow. Uh, Not the Paul Harris we know in Magic, but a different Paul Harris within the Rotary organization because he uh, has dedicated much of his time to the Rotary Organization, which is a great organization, by the way. Anyhow, uh, they hosted him last evening in a little restaurant uh, near downtown, and it was uh, about, I don't know, 30 people or so that were there, uh, very intimate. And so it was a kind of show, perhaps, that some of us have given at other places as well, uh, whenever we're performing a smaller show. And that means that you're not doing big illusions. So he's not rolling in you know, a ton of stuff. He's traveling around uh, the country just with his car packed to the gills and uh, even with stuff on top. So he's got a lot of merch that he sells. And afterwards, he has quite an interesting model, which he is uh, probably going to eventually share with others that that you can learn how that you can do these not free shows, but they are some of them are no-cost shows, but still, he ends up making money, uh, good money, on all of this tour. And so it's uh, well worth his time and trouble and travel. And uh, it, But the interesting thing is the show that he is doing is really more about the interaction between him and the people who he's creating as super fans because everybody just loves him. He's got a wonderful personality, as you can tell from listening to our conversation. He's very animated and uh, very involved and and interactive with the things that he's doing. Now, again, of course, it's not the big show as far as big illusions, but he is doing different kinds of things, like even as well, starting with some card manipulations, but then, oh, golly, doing a, 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 a mentalism trick, doing also um, the Professor's Nightmare and some other things that are very interactive, a lot of fun, and uh, the audience really eats up. So, uh, again, this is what he's doing on his silver tour then right now. This week, we're going to be talking with him about his cold shock, which was his underwater escape stunt, which 
is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that he's never going to do again, and for obvious reasons, after you hear about this. But after he talks about that, there are other uh, bits he discusses with us that uh, I think are well worth your time in paying attention to and perhaps jotting some notes because you might want to follow some of the uh, suggestions that, uh, that he makes because they have proven to be quite successful then as well. Well, these stories that he shares were just phenomenal and uh, something that uh, after he told me the first time before we even got on air uh, to record this, I thought, so we've got to talk about this. This is this is something that has to be here in uh, cyberspace for all of posterity, for the future, for people to know kind of what you had gone through and what your mindset was, what you were thinking. Well, again, we pick up right now where we left off last week, and if you are just hearing this second part of the episode after you're finished, you might want to go back and hear the first part then as well. So please welcome my guest this week, Mr. Alex Ramon, here on The Magic Word. I still do virtual shows. Um, I've done, I have a virtual show coming up for Instacart. And um, Instacart, I've done, I don't know how many virtual shows I've done for them and made tens of thousands of dollars from Instacart over the last three years. So tell me again, we want to talk about the cold shock. Oh, getting yeah. into oh that. my gosh, yeah. Because oh, that was an end of 2020, yeah. Yes. So you'd already gotten to know how to do this. Uh, so pretty successfully. Yeah. So that was the first, oh, cause we streamed live stream. Right. Chuck. Okay. Right. So, okay. So actually in January of 2020, I was performing at mystique dining in Salt Lake city mm-hmm. and it was snowing. And I was just thinking about interesting ways to just kind of level up some things. And I thought, okay, I do an underwater escape. I've been doing it for years. I was like, what if holding your breath underwater was like the least concerning thing of this stunt? Mm-hmm. Right? Like holding your breath underwater, whatever, forget about that. This thing, you know, so I was like, okay, well, spikes are coming down in the water. And like, I'm trying to think of all these things. Sharks or something. Yeah, sharks, piranhas, <laughs> and like all the things. And then like, it's cold. And I'm just like cold and, and it's snowing Salt Lake City. And I'm getting out of the truck and it's like ice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what if there's like an ice water escape? Mm-hmm. So I called Jim Steinmeier. I said, hey, Jim, of course. has you go anybody ever done like an ice water escape? Like, not just cold water or water or in a lake, but actually the premise was we're going to put an ice bath and basically together and you have to do an escape while in that. Right. Because it, in, it's exponentially more difficult. And so um, that was the idea. And so what ends up happening is uh, he goes, no, I, I've never heard of that. I've never heard anybody do that. I mean, I've seen people do some interesting things with nitrogen and ice, but it's all... I thought it was all silly. It didn't make sense. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is dumb. But with cold shock, I was like, yeah, we'll just say that that water's super cold and, you know, everything. And my whole thing was I was going to fake it. Yeah. Just pretend like it was. I was going to pretend. Yeah. I was like, we'll give it the thermometer. <laughs> Thermometer's going to say it's going to read, you know, 15 <laughs> degrees colder than it really does. That's yeah. easy. We'll get fake ice, yeah. you know, easy. So I'll just do an underwater escape and just say it's cold. Yeah. We're going to stream it anyways. Right, right. TV. You know right. what I mean? Like, come on. Two-dimensional plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Well, then we, when I tried to do that, you know, we ran into problems. And, and, and Jim said the first thing, he goes, well, fake ice doesn't float. It sinks. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? So like they make the plastic acrylic ice and it just sinks. And you go, oh, great. I can't use that. Dang. So then you start doing an internet search for fake floating ice, mm-hmm. you know, fake floating ice. Yeah. And they make it, but there it's really, it's really expensive. And it's like this rubber kind of ice chunk. And then like it will dissolve very easily. It yes. looks real. And that's what they use in like commercials, this rubber. Okay. Under the hot looks, lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, they don't have to do anything. They're just taking a photo. Right. Where with me, I'm doing something in there. And it needs to make noise. And it needs to make noise because it needs to make noise against the glass mm-hmm. of the plexi or the If it's rubber metal. for and the photo metal. for an ad. It yeah, rubber doesn't matter. Yeah. So this, you don't have the sound. So then I went to a movie production house. Um, I forgot what they're called, but they do all the snow um, special, effects. special effects sure. for 007, um, Day After Tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, all the snow things. And they have a whole set design. I went there and they're like, well, you can get this paraffin wax. And then you have to do this and this and this. You have to mold it and whatever, whatever. And it really looks good. And it can look like ice all over the thing. And, and that's cheap. <laughs> well, it's cheaper than that rubber stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But the problem still remained that now I'm like, I need a set designer. Hmm. Someone to come in here and we were going to live stream it here in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if the sun's out and then, well, what time are we going to do it? We have to set design, have to do it. And if you see a set designer going over there, making sure everything's good, it's going to look funny. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And I just trying to go through it, the money that it was going to take. And I was just like to get the fake stuff. And so I finally said, you know what? I think I have to do this. <laughs> I remember telling Jim, I remember telling Jim, I go, uh, Jim, I, you know, um, I'm talk, thinking about cold shock. And, uh, I really think, um, I think I have to do it. Yeah. He goes, you're kidding. I go, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I really think that I have to do it. Yeah. And he goes, no way. I was like, yeah. And so I started training cold exposures uh-huh. and, um, I use Wim Hof techniques to, uh, get used to cold exposure. I would. And Wim Hof is what Navy SEALs probably no, train and well, do. I'm not really sure. Wim Hof is a, a man who has gotten a lot of attention over the years um, with his breathing exercises and breathing techniques. Oh. And he's uh, known as the Iceman. And mm-hmm. he um, he basically shows you breathing techniques okay. in which you can sustain cold temperatures easy because it is better for you. Um, there's a lot of uh, physical benefits and health benefits to mm-hmm. doing cold exposure. Um Maybe not every day yeah. for some people, but he does it every day, you know, and some people do. Uh, but there are benefits to it. It's no different than like a saunas are, are beneficial, right? So, so I went into all that techniques and, and, and started training that way. And, um, what I found was at like any water temperature under 70 degrees is considered dangerous. And what cold shock is, is actually like the, the statistics is like 30 to 40% of people who like, let's say, break through the ice mm-hmm. um, in a lake, right. and fall in frozen lake, they, 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 they die because of cold shock. And what cold shock is, is the shock your body experiences the minute that it hits cold, that cold of water. You inhale, you go, <gasps> and you take in water and they drown. They uh. drown via cold shock. Uh, okay. And so, um, and that's like a significant portion of people. That yeah. you're like, oh my gosh. So it's a real serious, um, effect that, that, that the body goes through hmm. this shock mm-hmm. this experience. And so that's why we named it cold shock. And, and so I started with 60 degrees, uh, sorry, uh, under 70 degrees. I started with the under, yeah, about mid sixties yeah. training. And I got to tell you, it was so <laughs> cold and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is freezing. And I trained for months and months and months. 
um, for the cold exposure. I would live stream some of my training. And, in your bathtub or when you're... Uh, no, I have a tank. I have, okay. I have an underwater okay. yeah, escape yeah, and yeah. I have a tank. And so I would uh, rehearse in that tank and... Um, Man, and it was funny. And then slowly, my body got used to it. I would only take cold showers. By the end of the time, and we we live streamed it on Halloween 2020. And you started begin. You began. Well, the concept started January of that year. Of that year, and lock picking okay. and and breath hold and, and and underwater escapes I've been doing for years. Yes, but the cold exposure I started doing really in um, April. April, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah. Because we tried, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe May. Probably, yeah, probably May because that was after 35 35. Okay. So 35 35 was April 1st to May 5th. And then cold shock, I started training cold shock and I wasn't telling anybody at first. Mm-hmm. And then as I was retraining, I would tell people, Hey, I'm going to do this, uh, this stunt called cold shock. We're going to stream it on Halloween. And you were, were you streaming some of your rehearsals? Uh huh. I thought that you did. I stream some of my rehearsals. People tune in. I'd go, hey, training that. And yeah, so, the, weather, the water here, you can check. There's oh 55 yep, degrees exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Yep, here it is. This is what it is right now. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm just going to sit in this for 10 minutes. And I'd be seeing the, the scrolls you know, going up yeah. in the chat. And I'm kind of responding as I'm in this cold water, maybe 55 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I would do breath holds. And I'm like, all right, here I go. Boom. And I'd go underwater and people are live streaming me holding my breath underwater. <laughs> and they're live streaming. They're watching this. And yeah, I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh, people, you guys are crazy. Why are you watching this? <laughs> um, and so ends up it, the, the, the end of this stunt and the, I guess the uh, payoff was Halloween 2020. We um, live streamed right here from Lake Tahoe. And the other, the other thing was, is about a month or two months prior, I came to Tahoe to acclimate to the yeah. um, altitude. You're talking about your fingers being numb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, that was different. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, tell that story. <laughs> Jeez. So, well, for, first of all, Lake Tahoe is 6,200 feet. So, it's the deepest th- lake in the country, isn't it? You say 6,200 feet. 6,200. We're at 6,200 feet above water. Oh, sea level. Above, above sea level. So, the, Sorry, uh, yeah, right. yes, our, altitude. we have high altitude. So, your breath is shallower here. Yeah. So, I'm trying to hold my breath at high altitude mm. in cold water, which is harder. Very, very hard. Yeah. Um, but I would say I, I scared myself the first time. So I'm just trying to train cold exposure. Mm-hmm. And the first time we put all the elements together, because what the stunt was is a 100 pound weighted vest was chained and shackled to my body as in dropped into a tank of water on the day. The water was 39 degrees. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's just for, for reference. 39. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was colder than I wanted, but, 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 for reference, like ice baths, when athletes do ice baths, yeah. they're about 55 degrees. <laughs> but also, they never submerge their head uh-huh. and they're not holding their breath. Yeah. They're just sitting in there with their body. Yeah. And so I was holding my breath and obviously submerged all the way. And what I found for my body was 44 degrees was when it really got difficult. Mm-hmm. So I went all the way down into the high 40s and I was like, I feel good. I could do this. I could do this. And then as soon as we started hitting 44, I was like, this is so cold. This is so hard. I, yeah. I can't really do it. Um, and I just had to keep training, keep training, keep training. But I remember the time that I was what kind of scared me. Yeah, It was the first time that we put all of the elements together, meaning that I had the vest on with the weight. I had the locks on. The water was about 44, degrees 45 degrees okay. and i was dropped in and we would train i would train with the water like to my neck 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you weren't holding your breath. So you I wasn't holding my breath. So when I would go in the tank, the water would go above my head, but it was like maybe to my forehead. So if I really had to, I could just lift my head up and, and breathe. Mm-hmm. And that's how we trained initially because yeah. I'm in a vertical tank. Yes. And my, I have a safety partner that I was trained with. So let me just say there was always a safety partner there uh, to make sure I was okay. But what happened was when you're in that cold of water, it's not your your fingers are going to go numb. It's they're when, numb. When? They, yeah, yeah. It's they're numb immediately. You can't mm-hmm. feel anything. And I couldn't even feel the keyhole to put the pick in the lock. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even feel where the keyhole was. Wow. I was, I was just that numb. It was that numb that I was like, I'm, I think I'm holding the lock. I, oh I, my I goodness. think I have it. And am I putting the, in the, the pick in there? And I, I can't, I couldn't even find, and I, it scared me. And I, I popped up. I go, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I can't feel. I can't feel. And he had to pull me out. And, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> Do I really want to continue with this? <laughs> Do I really want to continue with this? Um, I'd already spent money training and, and, and artwork and kind of telling people that I'm going to do this. And I yeah. just was like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I answered that question. So we ended up live streaming this whole event. I spoke with the fire marshals. We had paramedics there. Um, all the things. They couldn't um, I was underwater. You were doing it. Yeah. The paramedics thought that it was fake too. Thought it was a stunt. They thought it was a stunt. They yeah. go, okay. Yeah. What, like, do what are you really do? doing? And I said, no, it's really that cold. You can feel it. And they went over and they're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And um, th- that night I was under for about two, a little over two minutes, maybe two, two minutes and 15 seconds, two minutes, 30 seconds. And for reference, at 39 degrees, it said that you have about three to five minutes max before you lose all functionality of your appendages because the blood leaves your appendages, your yeah. arms and your legs yeah. to cover your vital organs, ah. right? To, to, to keep them warm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you will actually lose functionality in a couple minutes. Yeah. And so forget that I can hold my breath six minutes or whatever. That doesn't matter mm-hmm. because at that point I wouldn't even be able to move right. at all to take the vest off. So I had to pick three locks and then shed this vest underwater and then jump up and then get pull myself out of the tank. And right. so um, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done and um, by far. And um, I have not done an underwater escape since. Of any kind, not necessarily I mean, cold. Of any kind. Mm-hmm. Of any kind. Um, it doesn't mean I won't, but I mean I just am like, oh, okay. And it was really One intense. It was really intense. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't do it again. And the, the It training wouldn't recommend probably anybody else doing that. Any I wouldn't recommend it? anybody yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. No, actually – Funny enough, for those of you who do know Wim Hof, I, I contacted a level three Wim Hof instructor who's trained directly with Wim, uh, who happens to live in Northern California. And I contacted mm-hmm. him to train because I was going to pay and, and have him coach and train me yeah. specifically. And he refused. Oh, he thought it was too dangerous. I'm oh, not yeah. going to be involved with this. He didn't want to be involved with it. Wow. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I need this train. Like, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to do this? Yeah. But he wouldn't do it. Wow. And so then I was like, you know, and so it was, uh, it was very intense. And after uh, it was over, did you talk with him and say, Hey, I did it? Or did he watch or did he know anything about it? I don't know. No follow up? I didn't What about up. David Blaine? I mean, I know, of course, he's done Wonderwater and all yeah. this kind of thing and he's been a block of ice and all that. Yeah. Had, did he contact you after? Or have you guys had any no, conversations um, you know what? about I've, this? I've met Blaine a, a couple of times, but I don't really have a relationship with him. Okay. Um, I just met, wondered. Yeah. I've met him a couple of times. I think it would probably be interesting, um, to me to, for us to discuss our experiences. Yeah, I mean, you weren't trying to be him. I mean, that was just something that oh, was no, a one-off kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, we have, first of all, we have, if you ever see our show, completely, like completely 180 different, yeah, different yeah. styles. 
But yeah, he did the ice, of course, and then he held his breath. Yeah. There's two separate stunts. Yeah. I kind of combined them. And I think that if Blaine knew what I was doing, he would go, Why didn't I intense. think of that? Yeah. Well, if anything, not maybe not even what I think about, but just going, that's intense. Yeah. I, I, I know what, what you're, you're doing. doing. Yeah. How many uh, people were you live streaming before on that night of? So I don't know because I wasn't, I actually hired a production crew yeah. to do all the live streaming and the cameras. So I was just focused, focused on your own, uh, on mm -hmm. that because, and so the whole stream I think was about 40 minutes. Um, we opened with my introduction and then we had the mayor of Tahoe, um, come and say a few words. I showed a video. I interviewed the fire marshal talking about the stunt and all the dangers, uh, involved. And then, um, Blake, who is my safety partner. He explained what the stunt was going to be because I, I only introed the thing and then I just started my breathing and, and focusing. So I just introed the stunt. We showed pre-recorded video of the interview with the fire marshal. Blake then, um, explained what the stunt was. And mm -hmm. then we showed video of the training process. And then in between those videos, they would live stream and see me on the ground breathing or sitting right. down breathing. I remember I watched it. <laughs> yeah. And so then we showed the training process and I got to tell you the training video, we uploaded it on YouTube. Um, the training video I think is more interesting than the stunt. <laughs> I really do. And it shows day one of me hopping in the lake. So during training and like Tahoe every morning at sunrise, I'd sit in the lake for about 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And, um, I wouldn't be submerged. I would just sit in the lake. And then the lake at that time was probably in its low 50s. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I would go on a 5K to warm back up. I'd run a few miles. I lived in a beanie and a sweatshirt and sweats, you know. Yeah. And then I would have breakfast. And then I would train um, underwater breath holds mm -hmm. and ice breath holds during the um, about afternoon, about noonish. Yeah. And then I'd have to go on another hike to warm back up. Did you have to take a lot of calories? Eat a lot then too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was eating a lot. Like mm -hmm. circus again. Like, I mean, circus days, I was doing like, oh, man, I don't remember. I think like five or 6,000 6, calories, I think. Wow. is what six in my mind. I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot. Mm -hmm. I would, yeah, I mean, I would just eat everything. Yeah. And, and so then I would go on a hike to warm back up, and then I'd train the stunt in the evening. And that was my every day we, I did that. And then I grew my beard. I, I didn't cut my hair. I didn't cut my beard because I was nervous once I started training that if I shaved my beard, I, my face would feel it and it would feel different. Mm -hmm. And so yes. I was nervous and I didn't want, so I was just like, no. Nope. And um, my body, had I had never felt warm water so in months. Mm -hmm. So I didn't drink anything warm. I didn't wash my hands and warm. I brushed my cold showers. It's just straight cold water. Wow. It's just cold water. And it was, um, I mean, it was months of that months is that video available on youtube yeah it's you on youtube you can watch it on youtube i mean um i assume you monetize that and it's yeah probably... we monetize it um I, I and then uh yeah and the training is all on there so you could see the whole thing wow yeah wow that's pretty amazing well it was hard to wrap up then also just as far as some, some other marketing ideas or some things sure. <laughs> it's kind of a another whole subject we can get into yeah <laughs> as far as that. part two where did where did yours come into uh where did you get your business acumen uh, was it from college or just no i didn't school go to hard college. knocks yeah no i didn't go to school <laughs> i i went i graduated high school um i went into um so i i, I enrolled in a junior college in northern california mm -hmm. and i was in that for like maybe a semester maybe two <laughs> I kind of, I didn't like school. Um, I just was very bored. Mm -hmm. I just sat there. 
Um, I got fine grades, but I just I just didn't like being there. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. I think that structure. It's not just, for everybody. It's not. And yeah. structure, it, it just wasn't for me. So I went to this junior college and what ends up happening is I'd take time off to go do magic shows, making money, paying for the college that I was missing to do shows to make money to pay for the college <laughs> that I was missing. Yeah, and I was like, no this sense. is a, it's a really dumb yeah. cycle. So I just withdrew. Uh, both of my parents were very supportive because they knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I was making pretty good money. Um, and then at 20, I went to tour with with Disney. Mm-hmm. And then that was, I considered Disney as my college. And then Ringling was my graduate school. Yeah. And then that gave me the best education for inter- an entertainer, an entertainer and a showman. So that way it was an easier transition for me to then say, I want to be the star of my own show and I will take those reviews because I know the pressure. Because on Ringling Brothers, I was the guy, you know, with the six super trooper lights, doing all the interviews, pitching the show, talking to the audience. Like, I mean. But that's the show. I'm asking about the business. I mean, how did you and when oh, did yeah, you sorry. start to decide yeah, yeah. So, when you so, were going to start saving that money? You know? Well, well, that's what you're, right. we were talking yes, about we're earlier. Talking about yeah. So with, with, with the business of it, my grandfather came from Mexico. He had no education. Third grade, maybe. Third grade education, maybe, right? Okay. And so what ends up happening is... Um, my grandfather said, a fast nickel beats a slow dime. Hmm. He said, and, and he had, a, he opened a Mexican restaurant in uh, Richmond, California. And he said that it's better to have a packed small place than a big empty one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, that's the philosophy that I kind of always was around. And so I just wanted to do shows. Volume was my game. It right. still is. It's volume. Do it more, do it more, do more. Cause Everything is volume. Mm-hmm. You know, Bezos gets what? A penny for every transaction on Amazon. <laughs> but when there's 80 trillion transactions, he walks away with $500 billion. You know, whatever yeah, it is. Sure. It's volume. That's the game. You can't beat volume. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understood that right away. And, um, and so what I knew is I didn't want to end up being, um, I wanted, In my teens, I said I wanted to retire at 45. And I didn't know what that meant. What I meant was I wanted financial freedom by 45. Now, my my philosophy has changed because 45 is much too late. (laughs) So you want to be financially free way before that. Okay. Okay. But in order to do that, you have to save your money and be good stewards. And have a goal. Too much that is given, much as expected. You have to be um, not foolish with the opportunities. I think a lot of entertainers, a lot of entertainers always think about – um, oh, let's get the gig. Let's get the fee. I want the thousand dollar gig. I want that $10,000 gig. Oh, I want to do this. And they get the $10,000 gig or a thousand dollar gig or the $400 gig or the $200 gig. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after they get in, they're super stoked. Oh my gosh, I got my first $500 gig. Then what do you do with it? What are you doing with it? That's not, not important. important. The important part isn't getting the $500 gig. The important part is what do you do after you get that 500 bucks? Right. What do you do? And on the circus, I was able to save about, I think it was 60 or 70% of all of my paychecks. Wow. While I toured with Ringling Because Brothers. you're traveling on the, on the train, so you have no expense well, there. Well, yes, I have no expense. But also, the discipline of saying, I'm automatically transferring this money. Straight into the bank. Straight into the savings here. Mm-hmm. This way. No matter what. 
Now, could that mean that I could have lived on more? Absolutely. Could I have bought more stuff? Absolutely. Could I have spent more and done this? Right. Sure. But my, my, you know, I was married to the circus for those years. And so, I mean, I didn't right. have, I didn't do anything else. I didn't have the time to do anything else. That's actually what's good about being busy and doing a lot of shows is doing a lot of shows means you're going to be making more income and right. doing a lot of shows means you're too busy to spend the money. That's a good point. So that's where you want to be. Well, then again, like if you're doing uh, cruise ships or something, sure. you, you don't, you're not buying stuff because you can't put right. it any place. You can, right. You're not decorating your cabin. Totally. And the same thing like totally. on the train, you're not decorating you yeah. know, the, their cabin in the train either. So, and, But you are focused on the show uh, yeah. and the business is something so, that is, is very important. Yeah. And so, so what I was able to do was at the end of that tour have um, money saved to then say, hey, I want to produce my own show. And I did. I four-walled a theater. I sold tickets. I took mm-hmm. out TV ads, radio ads, newspaper ads. So I had TV commercials. I had, you know, I bought brand new illusions. You know, I bought, I had to buy my own microphones. I right. had to buy my own uh, everything, like, you know, all these things. And so that was, now I don't think it's wise that every magician or entertainer should go use savings and produce their own show. Yeah. I think that to be very unwise. I did it because I had to do it. It's my DNA. Mm-hmm. It's like an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Just because you're an entertainer doesn't mean you're an entrepreneur. Right? Mm, yeah. A lot of entertainers, they want, no, I want the regular gig. I want the money coming in. Yeah. I think magicians are a little bit different than other type of entertainers because they are gigging a little bit more than let's just say um, a circus performer or an acrobat or um, even some singers, juggler, ju- jugglers. Yeah. They, those, they have to be in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of a like my sister, yeah, my sister was in Cirque du Soleil. So she was in a running show. Mm-hmm. So she had a paycheck. She had a salary. Yeah. You know, she never really gig. I mean, she gigged, but she wasn't, she was always being booked by someone else. Correct. I understand. You get what I'm saying. Yep. And so, um, I always had that entrepreneur spirit. Um, I think that is, uh, in my DNA. Uh, I still, to this day, go after things and, and I'll, I'll, I have no problem, you know, making calculated risks and assessing different opportunities produ- to produce shows and new markets. Well, like you say, you'd four wall this place where we are yeah. right now as well. Yeah, and I have a then- lease on this room and I pay no matter what, no matter if zero tickets are sold or we sell out. Yeah, you still owe. I still have to pay. That's right. And that, that, when you look at, you know, the amount of lease that I pay on these, on these theaters yeah. here, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a large chunk and, of money. And merch is a big part of uh, also some income as well. Sure. But you don't push merch the way that I see some guys of doing Well, it. look, you don't have to push merch if people want a part of you. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's point. people If people don't – people want to wear the brands of the people they like. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry's not out there going, hey, buy a Steph Curry jersey. <laughs> Why? Because he's good enough and warrants them to, to, want, to. Buy, to want to buy their gear. Sure. It starts with the product. It starts with what, what, what people are getting from you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, right. Do they want a part of you? And as I said, as I'm on stage, I know at the end of the show, you are there. People there going, I'll represent this guy. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. I'll, and, and then they go and they buy my shirts. And I sell my shirts uh, for high price. And my shirts are $50 a piece. I sell hats for $40 a piece. Mm-hmm. Those are real. That's high numbers. Yeah. And people buy them. And I made a lot of money with it. Yeah. But why? Well, because I'm I'm utilizing my platform and trying to maximize the customer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you, you there's there's a thing where um customers like what the total worth of one person walking into the door. You talk to Disney, they talk about 
every mm. single person that walks through the, the, the gates of Disneyland is worth X amount of dollars. Right. right? They know they're going to spend. They know. Mm-hmm. Well, even on average. So every person that walks in the door is worth at Disneyland, I don't know, arbitrary number, 80 bucks. Okay. No matter who comes in. Now, some people spend More $13. Or less. Some people spend $500. Right. 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 And so the idea is to get people in here because I know once they see me, one, they're not going to forget about me. Mm-hmm. And two, the chances of them buying merchandise are very, very, very high. Right. And so I, I've, I've really um, designed my own, my own gear, my own merch. And um, you don't have somebody outside that uh, designs your advertising and uh, promotional material. Uh, and well, your, Jay Alexander and is one of my closest friends, and Jay Alexander, He's a great guy. yeah, Jay has he used to live in Houston. Yeah, Houston. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say right now because these people are, are, are vital to my career. Uh, Jim Steinmeier. Vital to my career. I would not have a career mm-hmm. uh, without him and, and do what I've done. Jay Alexander, same thing. One of my mm-hmm. closest friends. I talk to Jay every day. Yeah. I talk to Jim every day. Mm. You know, um, Tony Clark. Mm-hmm. Tony Clark, absolutely. And uh, Steve Daly. Steve Daly. Yep. Those guys, those four guys. And I would even say uh, my business partner, Drew Murin. And he was worked with me for, for years. And we still do events together, yeah. but he was a co-producer on Cold Shock. He was a co-producer on um, on a lot of my cruise ship gigs. He was a co-producer on uh, my uh, show, my run at Harrah's, Impossible. Mm-hmm. And so those guys have really, you know, made it possible for me to to do what I do. And they've always been supportive and they've been all about it. A few years ago when we did uh, this last episode, I was asking about what your future is going to be holding for you and things have changed. Obviously they do. I mean, you have a yeah. goal, but then also you kind of be able to go with the flow yeah. and, and you have quite successfully then as well. Cause I mean, who would have known about the pandemic happening? As you yeah, said, we're totally. planning for a month and then it goes for over a couple of years. So the point, my question is of what your current plan is as far sure. as your long-term goals here. Sure. Of, and I know, and I want you to talk a little bit about the, the, um, uh, my silver tour? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's do it this way. Then my, my, so 35 and 35 was the virtual shows. I ended up doing 37 and 37 last year in 2022. Which were live shows. Which were live shows in person, 37 shows, 37 days, 37 different cities. And I had the same formula, which was if you want to host me on tour, I said, I'm going on tour. I don't know where I'm going yet because you can host me if you want. Right. Mm-hmm, right. And, uh, people text, they hosted, I went all over the country. Um, we had eight States. Um, and it was, it was incredible. Yeah. And, um, now, so that happened. And now what that's bleeding into is my silver tour and my silver tour. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, labeled and kind of titled my silver tour for 2023 and probably 2024. And silver is a, is a 25 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And this year in 2023, I'll be celebrating doing magic for 25 years. Wow. So, um, I got my first magic book in Christmas 98. And so I'm labeling all my marketing is going to have uh silver 25 years in magic for my summer run, because I think those things matter when somebody has been in business for this sure. long, it needs to be matters. recognized, it recognized. And so that's going to be all my, all my marketing materials here in Lake Tahoe for my mm-hmm. show running mm-hmm. here. But then in my two tours, I do one in the spring, one in the fall, it's going to be called the silver tour. And we're going to be going all over the country. Um, we already have shows scheduled in Texas and, yep. um, and Missouri and, um, Michigan, Illinois, uh, Florida and Utah. Mm-hmm. And so, and we'll get, when I, when I announce it and I'm going to announce it this week, I'll get literally hundreds, if not a thousand requests for me to, to go 
to their perform and, and be yeah. a host at their things. And this is, sometimes I perform in people's backyards, sometimes in their driveway, sometimes in their living rooms, sometimes in big fat mansions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe a dozen people or maybe. Well, there's, there, I mean, there is a structure. Okay. So there are requirements. So and when I people text you, then they will actually, you'll, you'll get back with them and do a yeah. call. And yeah. So there's a vetting process. Yes. Yeah. There's absolutely a vetting process. So the thousands of people are going to be whittled down to just a few, obviously. That yeah. You think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but all those people still will watch and follow the, 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 the tour and mm-hmm. the socials and all the things. Um, so I would say that that's the silver tour. And I have a structure and a formula for that. A lot of magicians have asked me about it. I may release the formula because I actually think that it's a very wise formula to have and everybody could do it within their markets. Again, you know, having a hundred super fans is better than a thousand fans. Yeah. And you can make money off of those, um, super fans and have a great career, a successful career servicing mm-hmm. the super fans. And, um, so. With that being said, that's kind of a, that's kind of something that's on the, the horizon. I have a, an open-ended residency here at Harvey's in Lake Tahoe, so I'll stay here. Um, I'm also expanding into a, a full-on retail business that is servicing the show, the, the, the merchandise that I sell here. But it's more controlled. It's not retails per se, actually. Um, but it services that industry. And um, I'd say the ultimate goal is this. I am going to build a um, what's essentially is a destination venue that I'll put my own venue on. I want a ranch with a lot of land. We're going to have a venue that will be utilized for theater and shows and mm-hmm. movie nights um, on the property. We'll also have ATVs. Well, you'll be able to ATV. I think that we'll put tiny homes around a certain area. So that way people can make it either it's a wedding destination. It could be a corporate retreat. It could be for, um, a team building, team building. It could be all these things. And, um, what I know how to do and what I do best is I know how to maximize the customer experience. Mm -hmm. Right. So when people come to my show, okay, they'll see a good magic show. When they come to my show, they're going to leave saying that was great. Right. And so I'm maximizing the potential of each customer financially. So that's, that's the model of how mm-hmm. to fund it. But also it's not just selfish. It's serving them. Yeah. And, and what I'm using is I'm using my ability to connect with people during my show as a, a trust mechanism. So now they know that my product is trustworthy. All my reviews are five stars. All mm-hmm. of them. All of them. Wow. <laughs> and so, say that? yeah. And so when you look at that, now, if I reach out to you or even let's say the people that are texting me yeah. that I do their host, their home tours, all of them at the end of my house tour, all of them say, when are we going to do it again? Can we do it again? <laughs> all of them. So what do I do? I utilize that to say, Hey, I'm building a venue. You need to come vacation here. And they'll do that. And they will go, I'm in. I'm in. And that's, that's going to be the ultimate goal. There's going to be a lot more things going on with it. Cool. But the idea is it's going to be a, um, is it short term, long term, five, 10, 20 years? Uh, this is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a couple years. Um, I am, I have a few things that I need to do to structure to make sure it happens because yeah. I don't want it to be, uh, I want it to be good quality, obviously. Um, in the right place. In the right place. It will be near here Great. in Tahoe because yeah. then we can service the tourists here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, as you said, like coming out here is kind of being Mr. Tahoe. I've been here a decade, over a decade, or about a decade, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, the next moves 
that I'm going to be making here in Tahoe are with that in mind, where a lot, this is a destination for people to go, go on vacation and have great experiences. And I'm going to be something else there. Yeah. And I think the, the thousands of people that circulate and come see, see me throughout the year here, we're going to maximize and say, Hey, look, this can be a new, right. A new experience in Tahoe. Well, whenever we had talked last for the podcast, we talked about the very beginning of this was uh, nine years ago. So nine years from now, when we get back together again, we'll, we'll do it from the are. venue, well, from the new venue. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Well, as we do close, so the name of the podcast, as you know, is called the magic word. So I always like to know what is your philosophy of life? And you talk about several things that are important to you, but what is it that you live by every day that's important to you? Um, the number one thing that defines, I think, my spirit is gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, I grateful for people life, and things and opportunities, um, being given a, a wonderful family, mm -hmm. uh, being blessed with with abilities, um, but opportunities. There's no shortage of opportunities in this world. There's mm -hmm. none. There's no shortage. But it's not going to happen unless you get up and do it. It's not. That's correct. Yeah. And, and I feel that these are my thoughts on to, what makes a great performer. So this is a life philosophy, but also what makes a great performer. Number one is natural talent and ability. Mm -hmm. Some people are naturally talented mm -hmm. more so than others, but people can still increase their ability and make themselves better. Like a singer better. or whatever. Like a singer, yeah, right? That's number one. Number two is opportunities. Your natural talent and your natural or, and, or your ability will give you opportunities. Mm -hmm. Those opportunities will manifest. They will come. They will be there. The third thing, if you, if you deliver on those opportunities, what you're going to gain is experience. And mm -hmm. that experience is going to give you that confidence. Okay. Through that flight time. Yeah. It's flight time. They experience confidence. After that experience and confidence comes into play, the next level is just who's working the hardest. Mm. Who is, and it's not just about effort. It's about who is working with the highest leverage leveraged outputs. Yeah. Right? The highest leveraged outputs. So for example, I'm going to tell you, this morning I got up at 5:45 a.m. Mm -hmm. and I flyered every single me, I put a flyer for my show under every single door here at Harvey's. There's 700 rooms. Wow. Why? Because one, I know that we're going to it's a Saturday night, right? It's right before Super Bowl. We're going to be busy. I check in with the with the front desk. I asked the front test manager, what's our capacity? 98%. Wow. Doing it. Wow. Right? Going. You'll so tonight people, we're going to be packed. You'll be turning people away yeah, at the door. Yeah, we'll be packed tonight. But it's worth it to get those extra bodies in there. Mm -hmm. Because why? They're going to come in. They're going to see a great show. They're going to buy something on the way out. Right? But so that's hard work. That right there. But it's that in this case is, is high leveraged work. Even though it's like, oh my gosh, it takes an hour and a half to put a flyer underneath the door. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's high leverage work because most of the people that come to the show are already on property. That's right. I don't have to get somebody the best here. qualified They're candidates. already here. They're qualified. I'm not just flying out and about. Yeah. That is already <laughs> going on. So it's high leveraged work. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the fifth thing. So you got natural talent, ability, opportunities, experience and confidence, hard work. And the fifth one that sums it all up, which I believe is the most important one is the gratitude. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I can get up and put a flyer under people's doors. Some people can't. Well, and, and I don't see any other way to go through life. I don't understand how you can. 
I don't understand how people can go through life without a sense of gratitude. And it doesn't mean that's not easy. And I'm not an optimistic person. I'm not this, oh, oh man, this, everything's great. I'm so happy <laughs> and everything's fantastic. There's no problems in the world. No, no, there are real problems in the world. And there's real, a lot of people that have, that don't have maybe a loving family or supportive or never heard people encouraging them to, to continue to do something that right. they're into right. or they're embarrassed or they don't have the ability physically to do something. Right. And that's hard, but I'm a pragmatist. It's pragmatic. What is going to serve me best in my life is going to be, all right, I'm thankful for this and I'm going to keep going. I don't know how anybody else well, you're certainly not serving yourself in the best way, mm -hmm. you know, and I look at it very selfishly too. It's funny because, um, you know, my, my father years ago, I flew him out to Singapore when I was on tour of Singapore. I said, dad, I'm going to pay for your flights. I'm going to bring you out here. Yeah. We're gonna, I want to hang out with you. And my dad's like, oh my gosh, he had never been there before. He'd been yeah. in Asia. Yeah. He's not been in Asia before. And he was like, oh, thank you so much, son. You know, like you brought me out here. This is amazing. And I said, yeah, I didn't do this for you. It's actually selfish. I brought you out here for me because one day you're not going to be here, but I'll be able to remember that. Yeah. Wow. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. And I think that the other philosophy that I live by, and it kind of sums up what I said when people ask me about cold shock, say, why, why did you do cold shock or the philosophy on life of gratitude is the same, the same sentiment. The greatest thing that I'm going to do in my life, I haven't even done yet. And if you think that way and you wake up every day with that mentality, how can you not be excited about it's going to come about anything? Yeah, it's coming. I'm not, but I have to be prepared. And I know it's going to come. And I don't know, maybe not even sure what it is. Right. But when it does, I'll be ready. You'll be ready. Right. Alex, thanks very much. Wow, this has been—I <laughs> haven't had a lot to say because you said everything. I'm, I'm oh, very—I'm very blessed to be long-winded. <laughs> Are we both? But thank you very much. That was just great and uh, good suggestions. And wow, uh, good catching up. It was well. so great to see. So, I'm so happy you, you texted me. Um, and and for anyone who's listening to this, if you're ever in Lake Tahoe. Um, message me or if you want to find me on the socials again we're relaunching our socials i'm dropping uh reels and youtube shorts every day what That's is your insta and your facebook? instagram alex ramon facebook alex ramon um you'll find me on youtube alex ramon i think it's magic by alex or alex ramon magic you'll find me mm -hmm. but i'm dropping youtube shorts i'm talking about how i uh, got the gig with uh, performing at the halftime show for the warriors i talk about working with taylor swift and logan paul i talk about stories uh about my grandfather uh coming mm -hmm. from um, you know, Mexico, Mexico and his business sense. I talk about relationships with parents to children, um, how to connect with people. So it's a really nice channel about um, just my philosophies on life. And if you if you think that you can get anything out of it, I think that you should tune in. And right. I'd love to connect with people there because um, I've always been focused on the live show. Yep. And I and I this is so this is what I do. This is innate with me. This right. I, I live this every day. And now. I think that I can serve more people because what I would love to do is I'd love people to reach their greatest potential in life. And, and if, and if that is coming from words of encouragement from a magician, I'll take it all day. Yeah. Looking forward to reading your book someday too, that you've talked about. It's oh yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two. Whole nother thing. I know. All right. We'll do <laughs> Alex, it. We'll thanks it again. again. Thank you. So for the Magic Word it. Podcast, that was Alex Ramon. This is Scotty L. 
Wow. Great. Thank you very much, Alex. I appreciate you being my guest here this week, and I thank you for all of the uh, gems of knowledge that you shared with us and all the great stories also. I'm so glad that you made it through that coal shock without drowning (laughs) or freezing to death. Wow, what a story. For those of you who might have missed episode one, I hope that this kind of encourages you to go back and hear the first part of this. He has a lot of interesting things to talk about in the first episode then as well, so be sure to catch both of those. And may I also suggest that you actually actually go back and catch the other earlier episodes, numbers 136 and 137 from January 2014, which you can find if you just go to the archives at themagicwordpodcast.com. Also, I want to remind those of you who are not subscribed to the pod letter to do that. I think this is the best way for you to keep up with what's going to be going on. And like the contest that we are announcing this week, some people I know don't listen in real time and kind of keep up to date with what's happening. And sometimes you hear about the contest after the contest has already passed. Well, if you are a subscriber to the pod letter, you are notified when we do have contests. So this way that you don't miss out for an opportunity to enter. And in that regard, again, I want to remind everybody to go to this week's episode of the magicwordpodcast.com. And there you'll find an entry form where you put in your email address and your name, and it automatically then goes to me and I will put that in a database. And in a few weeks, I will then draw a a name uh, randomly. So this way way we'll be able to give out these books. Uh, Let me also remind you that this is for everyone worldwide. However, domestic shipping is included. But if you live outside the United States, then we will calculate what the postage is going to be and you'll be required to reimburse us for the foreign postage. I want to also, again, thank Charlie Randall for donating these six copies of the book. He has done this for many uh, years as he has published these different uh, volumes of the Nick Trost Subtle Card Creation series. And this being his last one, kind of sad. He's not going to have additional books that he's going to be able to donate. Uh, but we have other prizes and contests that will be coming up in the future then as well. So be sure to watch for those in your pod letter that you're going to subscribe to, right? Be sure to do that. And also, So here's a big way that you can help us. Not only, of course, as I often appeal to you to give us a donation through your pledges and or donations, but also if you can go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a five-star rating with a nice comment. I was just looking on iTunes recently, and we've not had any updates or any comments that have been posted since late in 2022, and here we are gosh, into the second quarter of uh, 23, and uh, I guess we haven't had any new ones. So you could be the next one (laughs) if you could figure out how to give a nice comment and five stars uh, to this podcast on iTunes. That'd be great. Or again, whatever podcast platform you listen to, I'm sure there is a way that you can leave your comments and uh, five-star reviews, and that helps this podcast grow. We sincerely appreciate that a lot. And one last thing, of course, you can always help us by going to the bottom of each of the pages, and there is a graphic there where you can click and go to Amazon. And by clicking on that, it takes you to your Amazon account, and anything that you buy on Amazon, we get a little bit of help back from them because we are part of their affiliate program, and that helps us in a financial way then as well. Not as much because it's just a few pennies here and there, but, you know, over time, 10 bucks here and 10 bucks there, it, it mounts up and pays for a cup of coffee. So thank you guys and gals for helping us that way then as well. 
Well, we are drawing ever nearer to number 750 episode, and that's going to be an epic episode. I've already got that in the can, and it's uh, going to be coming, and I know that you're going to enjoy it, and it will have uh, a lot of downloads listening to uh, this guest who we've got coming up. And in that regard, I want to mention that's going to be released on April the 20th of 2023, but I'm going to be traveling on that day to the Senior Tour, which is a convention in St. Louis. And it's going to be a three-day convention on the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And so when I get there on Thursday, there's going to have a few activities that evening. And then a full day on Thursday, or rather Friday and Saturday. So I will be posting the episode number 750 on the 20th. But then the next day on the 21st, sometime later that night or perhaps the next morning on Sunday or Saturday, whenever it is, I'm going to release an episode of a report from the Senior Tour Convention on days one and two from the convention floor as we normally do with our convention reports. I hope that you guys like the convention reports and get a lot out of that. I know not everybody can be to all the conventions. I can't either, although I try to (laughs) make as many as I can. Thanks again to the Friends of the Magic Word who help financially support us, and so that helps offset some of my expenses in a attending uh, these conventions, but I also like to give uh, an update on what's happening. So even if you are in attendance, you will go back and be able to listen to these episodes and perhaps hear some conversations with people that you never got around to talking to, or some of the dealers or organizers, and learning a little bit more about the convention that you had just attended. And of course, if you haven't attended these conventions, it gives you some background. And also in the archives, it will, I think, last for all of history. So in the future, people know who was there, who had performed, what they did, a little bit about their show, etc. So that's uh, in part what this podcast then does as well. So I want to uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in to those daily reports, and I hope that you uh, continue to listen to that and also to the weekly ones that we post that are a little bit more in depth with uh, my different guests I have from week to week. So thank you very much again for tuning in and listening. And the last thing I want to mention is actually a shout-out or a big thank you to John Midgley. John had recently done an amazing drawing of me. He has done these with with, uh, many other people uh, in the past, uh, like, oh, golly, uh, Di Vernon and uh, uh, Mark D'Souza and I don't know who all else. He's just done just uh, several that are just all amazing and all individual in every little way. And if you go to themagicwordpodcast.com, I'm going to post that picture that he had uh, created for me and it's a it's a great likeness a great drawing and john i thank you very much well i think it's a good time to uh, wrap up and uh, get ready to uh, head out because it's going to be coming up here for the easter weekend and i'm going to be visiting with my son one of my sons and uh, twin granddaughters so that's going to be some fun hope you guys have a wonderful holiday weekend coming up then as well And so, until next week, stay well, get booked, and remember to always be grateful, and the greatest thing in your life probably hasn't happened yet. This is Scotty out.